Let's get in the word this morning. I hope that you've come ready to receive. I hope that you've come ready to grow. I hope that you've come ready to be challenged, to be changed. I hope that you didn't just come to sit in another room for an hour and a half and hear another message. I hope that you have plans to be shifted because 2019 is just days away. And I don't know about you, and I know we say this all the time. I don't want 2019 to be 2018. I don't want to drag 2018 into 2019. I want 2019 to be something great, something brand new, something fresh, something supernatural for my life, for my family, for my kids, for my wife, for this church, for everything that I'm attached to. I want it to be a great year. But I need you to understand something. There is a dilemma in the church today where we tell God he has to do greater instead of us stepping up to the plate. It's amazing to me that our spiritual New Year's resolutions every year happen to be the things that we tell God to do rather than the things we'll finally do that God's demanded from us since the day we were created. That we'll tell God, hey God, I need you to do A, B, and C. And God says, but you never did A five years ago. Christmas is over. Now what? Okay, we got all of our toys. We got all of our, our presents. We, we, some of us have put our trees away. Some of us are going to leave our trees up till Mardi Gras, which I still do not understand that at all. We're just going to redecorate it. I don't get it, but okay, you want a Mardi Gras tree? Praise God for you. Personally, I've been in a fog. I don't know about you. I've been in a fog trying to figure out where I am, what day it is. Can I get an amen from somebody? Yesterday, I realized it was Saturday, and today was Sunday. I was like, holy cow, how did we get here already? What laundry to start? Can I get an amen from somebody? I got stacks of laundry in the house. Or maybe, like me, how much weight, how much I weigh now. Because <laughs> y'all know we've been eating, amen. Can I get an amen from somebody? That's why gyms love y'all come January 1st. When I used to work for the gym, when, I, when we first started the church, I worked overnight at Crossgates, and we used to call some people what we called as uh, dedicated donors. Those are the people that pay memberships but never show up. We just keep taking the money because you just want to keep giving it to have a gym membership on your key tag. But amen, amen, okay. Each year, most people will set a goal for the new year. We like to call them New Year's resolutions. I like to call them lies. Um, but something to accomplish you to go to another level. Can I get an amen from somebody? We make all these lists. We're going to do it better this year. We're going to do it better this year. We're going to do it better this year. Do you ever think God's tired of hearing how better you're going to be? I hear things every year from lofty and courageous goals to some very simple yet passionate goals. And there's nothing wrong with setting new goals each year, but I believe I have uncovered the struggle within us that keeps us from fulfilling these goals. How many of you in this room have ever set a goal but never obtained it? Said, said oh, I'm going to do this. Some of y'all are like, I'm not raising my hand. I'm not going to be that guilty party. Go ahead like this. I'm like two hands and two feet. That's me. I've set so many goals and never attained them. And I, man, I don't know why I do that. Well, I think I figured it out because the other day I was sitting in a space and God started dealing with some things in me. Maybe it's not that your goal is wrong, but maybe your goal has nothing to do with your assignment. Maybe what you're trying to get done has nothing to do with who you are. You saw somebody on Instagram or social media and you want to get what they got. But it's got nothing to do with what you were created for. It's got nothing to do with what God's planned for you. And so you're trying to get something that is not even in your wheelhouse. It's like this. I, I, you get on, you get, you, you, okay, I'm, I'm a big dude. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a big dude. I got it. Okay, you don't have to tell me. I look in the mirror every day. I'm a big dude. And you get on these pictures. You see these pictures. These guys are like ripped. You're like, man, I'm going to look like that. That is not in my genetic code. It is not. I'm a big dude. I will be a big dude till I die. That's just the way it is. Even if I lose weight, I'm still a big dude. There's no chisel. There's no like rock hard abs and eight packs and 12 packs and 16 packs. There's kegs. Amen. 
That's just the way I'm cut, and I'm okay with that. But you go and try to become somebody, so you kill yourself, and you're miserable, and you, you start off, and you're like, man, this is awesome, and then you don't see the results that you want. And then you start to fade out on them. Why? Because you're not getting what you wanted out of it, but you set an expectation that wasn't even in your wheelhouse. You set an expectation, a goal, a vision, a dream, something that wasn't even in your assignment to be. And you wonder why we're not finishing the race strong anymore, where most believers, most Christians, most people who attend church attend for a season and then season their ways out. God has given each of us an assignment in this life. And the moment he moves into our lives, he places this assignment on the inside of us. It gives us the ability to dream, to have vision, and to set goals. But I think we've confused two different ways of thinking. I believe that we've confused purpose with assignments. Let me give you definitions so that you understand, because I think that we think purpose. Watch this, watch. How many of y'all want to know what your purpose is? You're going to change that hand in about two seconds. Because when I started reading this, it leaped off the page of me. Here's the first definition of purpose. The reason for which something exists or is done, made or used, etc. Okay, yes, I want to know my purpose. I want to know why I'm here. What's the reason I exist? But we don't ever read the second definition. Watch. Give me that second one. An intended or desired result, the end, the aim, the finish line, the goal. Somebody says to me now, because Pastor, I want to know what my purpose is. Here you go. Go to Hanukkah, pay for a plot, dig a hole, because that's the end result. People are looking for the end result today. We're looking for the finish line. We're looking for the finish look after you do 10 years at the gym, not the 10 years at the gym. Can I get an email from somebody? I don't want the healthy eating. I want to go to McDonald's and then look like that. No, it will never work. I, I want to have the great marriage, but I don't want to invest in my spouse. I want to have great kids, but I want to ignore them and put them behind a PlayStation and an iPad and a phone and ignore them. I want to have a great thing. I want to have a great church, but I won't talk to people. Come on. I want to have a great relationship with God, but I won't pray and I won't fast and I won't go to prayer meetings and I won't be in church on time and I'll show up late. God, they got tight real quick. Nobody amen me on that one. <laughs> Jesus help us. It's amazing that we keep saying, Pastor, I want to know my purpose. The problem is, is that the purpose for the believer is to finish the race and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The end result is not here, it's there. So if you're looking for your purpose in the earth, you better have your eyes on heaven. Because your purpose is not found in existing, your purpose is found in finishing. But the problem is in today's culture, we don't finish strong. We finish limp-wristed. We slide into heaven. We slide into moments rather than walking with our shoulders squared back and our head lifted because we fought the good fight. We held the course. We stayed on track. We didn't waver. We might have had some moments. We might have had some difficulties. We might have had some struggles. But baby, we stayed in this thing and we didn't quit. You know what's the problem today is? Most people are following what we call leaders who are truly just quitters. We're following people who do not stay consistent to what they say. Their yes is not their yes, and their no is not their no. You give them enough time, and they're going to waver. You give them enough time, and they're not going to say the same thing a year from now that they said in the beginning of 2018. They're going to say in 2018, God, I'm going to give you my entire life. And at the end of 2018, well, 
God, I'll give you this portion because I'm going to keep the rest for me. We're operating in purposes. We're operating in end results because we want to get to the finish line. This is, and I'm going to say this to you. It is not a millennial condition. For those of you that are of age, that are sitting in this room and go, well, we have the millennial syndrome. No, it's called a purpose syndrome. And I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to be really tight about this. From my generation up, we have stopped teaching the assignment, and we've just started talking about purposes. In other words, hurry up and get to the end. I don't want to do the work. I just want to get to the end. You want what I got. Okay, I'll give you this story. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, my parents had a nice house. They had a nice house. They had a pool. I wanted a pool. I wanted to have a nice house. And so when it came time for me to move out when I turned 18 and I wasn't in college, and my dad looked at me and said, if you're not in college, you're moving your butt out the house. And when he walked into my bedroom on one Saturday morning and started measuring the bedroom with a tape measure, and I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, it's about to be my office because you're moving out. Y'all look, this is wrong. That's what he told me he was going to do. He did it. It's his house. So when I moved out, I wanted the same creature comforts that I had. It took my parents 55 years to get. So I thought, well, I was raised in this, so I could just go get it. So I went and found the nicest apartment I could find in the nicest apartment community I could find. And my parents told me, they were like, that's not a good idea. And I'm like, no, 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 I can handle this. I got this. I got this. Lo and behold, I got evicted out of that said place because Brian could not pay the bill. I had a lofty mindset of what I thought I could accomplish without, uh, without fulfilling the assignment to get to the end result. We are doing the same thing in culture today. And now what happens is, and I'm going to say this, and it's going to get real defensive and, and aggravating for just a moment. Do not point a finger at the younger generation and call them millennials when you will not teach them what assignments are. The reason millennials exist today and the reason the culture has a problem with the work ethic of a millennial today is because somewhere along the line, the seasoned folks stopped teaching people. I'll come back up here so you can't get mad at me. Now, now that doesn't make excuses for laziness. Can I get amen for somebody? Because I'm not a lazy person. I don't expect my kids to be lazy. I teach my kids, you work, you get. You don't work, you don't get. But the truth of the matter is, is okay, I'll, I'll tell you when this started. The millennial situation started when father started leaving the home. Many men, but no fathers. Men are not in the house to teach what responsibility is anymore. Now, for those of you men that are in the house that are teaching responsibility, thank God for you. But this is the dilemma we're dealing with today. We've created this culture. This culture didn't just show up. It didn't just manifest itself. We brought it along. We fed that sucker and made it strong. But we've become such a purpose-minded culture that we're not even walking in the fullness of what we're supposed to be in today. It's the final destination. Purpose is the final destination. Everyone wants to have purpose in this life. It's a desired result. But I think we're caught in this thing called the finish line syndrome. We've become so focused on the purpose that we're now overlooking the assignment. Let me give you the definition of assignment. Something assigned as a particular task or duty. Let me give you the second one. A position of responsibility. Post of duty or the like to which one is appointed. Do you understand that there is no purpose without assignment? 
If you're trying to get purpose without assignment, baby, you're going to be miserable the rest of your life. Because you, with a man who doesn't work, doesn't eat. That's what your Bible says. So if you want purpose in this life, you better be prepared to do the assignment. Okay, I want the fullness of God. Can I get an amen from somebody? I want the full, that's a raised hand moment right there. I want the fullness of God in my life, right? Come on, put your hand up. I want the fullness of God in my life. Some of y'all aren't doing it yet. I'm going to keep doing it until you raise your hand. I want the fullness of God in my life. Then say this, I want to do the assignment. Because what happens right there is everybody goes, wait, wait, time out. Can't God just give it to me? Can I, I'm in church. I'm sitting here. Listen, baby, God don't care if you come to church. God cares if you love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what he cares about. Church is a byproduct of you living for him. Church is not the, the preface of you living for him. It is the byproduct. You have a desire to gather with other believers in one accord and celebrate the goodness of God that you've been walking in all week long, not you coming in on a Sunday trying to find the goodness of God so you can make it through your all week long. The assignment is what's required out of you for you to fulfill your purpose. The next person that comes to me and says, Pastor, I want to know what my purpose is. I'm going to look them dead in the face and I'm going to tell them you're lazy. Because you will not fulfill the assignment. Because you know if you're looking for God's purpose, he's already spoken to you what the assignment is. He's already told you. Because if you're that desperate to find out what your purpose is in this earth, then God is already speaking to your heart. You just won't get off your blessed assurance and do the work. How do we get to the end result? How do we get to that purpose? How do, we, how do we find that thing in Christ unless we're willing to fulfill his assignment? We all want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, big cars, fancy houses. Although that's not in scripture. Friends. Fame. Fortune. And you know what's funny to me? People always tell me, well, if I could just have this, I'll be okay. If I could just have this, I'll be fine. If I could just have this, it'll all work out. Baby, if you just have Jesus, it'll work out. But he's got to become more than enough. He's got to be your everything, not your something, not your one. And once in a while, he's got to become everything. It's time that you and I start walking in our assignment. So that's what I want to talk to you about. Because each year I've come out and given you purpose. This is where God's dealing with me each year. I've come out and I've given you purpose, the end result to our new year. I said, in this year we're going to do this, and in this year we're going to do that. So we've even gone stupid enough to say it's like the church state of the union, which is a bunch of foolishness. Can I tell you something? There will be nothing new until we do what he's already asked. So y'all shut me off right there. No, pastor, tell me what he's going to do for me in 2019. I can't because it's all dependent on you. But it's dependent on you're the pastor. Baby, I just lead you to the table. I don't put the food on it. You got you to you gotta do this. We, we, we keep telling God what we're going to do this year, what we're going to do this year. How many times have you told God what you're going to do? Now has it turned to a point where when you open your mouth, God just kind of turns away? I've heard that before. God, this year I'm going to do this, this, and this. But, but what about when I ask you to do that, that, and that? What about when I ask you to love your spouse? And you tell me you're going to love everybody else. And I can't even get you to love the one that I gave you. You tell me you're going to love everybody. I know why you're going to love everybody else because you refuse to love what I gave you. 
Oh, so you want me to bless that, but you won't. No, I'm not going to bless that. You're going to be miserable and alone till you start loving what I gave you. You think I'm playing? God doesn't give you new benefits when you squander the ones he already gave. Each year I've come out and I've told you, oh, what we're going to do this year, we're going to do No, 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 not this year. Mm-mm. This year God's working on me. This year God's dealing with Brian. This year God's telling me about my assignment. And every day of my life is an assignment. Every morning I wake up, there's an assignment. Can, can I just say this to you? Do you want to know why I'm not skinny? Because I'm lazy. I've refused that assignment. I've called you to be in health and live healthy and to live your long days, to have the joys of your youth. I'm not going to have the joys of my youth sitting on the couch eating stuff. Some of y'all, some of y'all don't want to hear this right now. I don't want to hear it, Pastor. I don't want to hear it. That's the problem. You don't want to hear it. And you ignore it. And then you get mad because of what you see in the mirror. Stop getting mad at what you see in the mirror. Just accept it. Because you don't want to change it. Because you haven't accepted the assignment yet. You want the purpose without the assignment. You want the end result without the assignment. But if you do not accept the assignment, the purpose will come to you quicker. It'll knock on your door even faster. You won't have a long life. You will shorten your life. Now, I'm just using me. If that's you, I'm not trying to get in your backyard, but I'm just trying to tell you that there's some things in us that have got to change. God, I want greater things from you. Then are you willing to pray? Are you willing? Oh, pastor called a fast. Yeah, I'm glad he's doing that one. God didn't tell me to fast. Have you read your word? It says through prayer and fasting. It doesn't say when pastor calls a fast. It says that fasting should be a part of your lifestyle. As long as prayer is a part of your lifestyle, so should fasting. They work hand in hand. What, 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 about, what about being a part of the local body? People go, well, that's, that's old school church. That's old school preaching to be a part of the local church. I don't have to be in church for God to love me. No, I never said that. But the Bible says to forsake, not to gather. In other words, quit ignoring the opportunities to be with other believers. Stop being lazy and sitting at home because you don't feel like getting up and setting your alarm clock. See, here's the thing. We want all the promises. We want all the purpose, but we don't want to do the assignments. What happens when you don't turn in assignments at school? Oh, you fail. Or you get held back. Anybody tired of repeating the same grade? How many of y'all ever felt like you've been stuck in the same old, same old too many times? Been here before, went around this tree before, been in this situation before, had this struggle before. Are you tired of being in that space yet? Are you tired of walking around feeling like you're just circling the mountain? You could graduate this year, but you got to be willing to turn in the assignments. Stop looking for the graduation gown and cap. Put in the assignments so that you can get it at the end. I have a new mandate on my heart, on my life this year. I've come to give assignments. This whole year, I'm going to give you assignments. You choose whether you do them. It's not going to hurt me if you don't. But don't come to me and complain where you are. Don't complain to me about how you can't seem to get there, how you can't hear the voice of God anymore, how you don't feel the presence of God anymore. It's only because you refuse and you're waiting for the Sunday experience to give you the goosebumps rather than turning in the assignments so that you can walk in the fullness. I'm going to give you assignments this year so that you and I and this church can go to the next level. This church is going to graduate this year. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you really don't get it yet. This church is going to graduate this year. 
It's going to go to the next level. I'm talking greater power, greater anointing, greater outpourings, greater manifestations, greater oh, just all kinds of stuff. Stuff that the Bible talked about that we've kind of walked away from because we think it's weird. It's not weird, baby. If you love God and you believe in God, then everything in that Bible is still truth. And I'm going to see all of it come to pass. Now, if you don't want to like, walk in that, I don't know what to tell you. But I'm not going to miss out on heaven because you can't get your head right. I've got to be in an assignment. I've got to. Because watch this. When I'm done in this race, God's not going to look at me and go, Brian, you had a really cool church. High five. You know what he's going to tell me? Did you love me with everything you got? Did you point them to me no matter what, even when it was uncomfortable? Were you willing to lose the sheep in order to gain the sheep? Were you willing to say it when it was tight? Were you a Judas or a Paul? I need you to understand that all of us do not have the same assignments. Pastor, no, Pastor, yeah, we do. We have all the same. Go, go ye all, all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, well, okay, we'll just stay there, right there. Then, have you done it yet? No, we're waiting for you to preach to us. But that's not me going into all the world. That's you coming to me. But we all have different assignments. We all have different things that God's placed in us. We're one body with many parts. It's kind of like this. If I take, if I, Dwayne, come here for a second. Dylan, come here for a second. Both of these men play bass in our church. Both of them play bass. But let me help you with something. If I put Dwayne on the bass, he sounds differently than Dylan does. Dylan, Dylan comes from, your wife's laughing at you right now. Amen. some rhythm. No, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. I'm trying to find that beat. No. Dylan comes from a different Different, different sound dynamic. He comes from a different place when he plays bass. He's played a different genre of music. Dwayne grew up in a church playing the bass. There's a different sound. I love when the two of them switch out because I get different feels in the church. It's, it's awesome. Watch. You watch Dylan when he's playing. Dylan's swinging around and jumping. Dwayne's in the back going like this. If I put them on the bass right now, they're going to play completely different. But here's the other kicker. It is not Dylan's assignment to play bass. Dylan is the youth pastor in this church. He fulfills an assignment because of a need, but he is not satisfied by playing the bass. It fulfills a gifting in him. But when Dwayne gets on that bass, Dwayne, it satisfies because he loves music. There's something enriched in him. He's like, ooh, am I wrong? Okay. But Dylan's like, I'm just playing bass because I got to get to my assignment. I got I to get to my assignment. Be careful that you don't start doing things that are outside of your assignment and calling them your assignments. Be careful that you don't step out of what God gifted you and created you to do so that you could fill up a role so that you could be seen. Ooh, that's good. Rather than fulfilling the role so that you could change the world. Yep. Sit down. I had all kinds of ideas. I was going to play them on bass and let them rock out, but I ain't got enough time to do all that today. We'd have been here all day long. We don't have the same assignment. If I take singers and I put them in the room, if I take Pastor Katie and I put up here and I say, sing, and then some of y'all go, Pastor, I can sing too. I guarantee it's going to come from two different places because Katie's assignment is to be a worship leader. It is her assignment to lead people into the presence of God through song. Some people are just filling roles. And we can't continue to change the world if we're just fulfilling roles. We've got to fulfill the assignments and we've got to take the time to get with God and to find out what that assignment is. 
Two similar or even identical talents, but two absolutely different assignments. Moses, God created Moses for only one assignment on the earth, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. And when Moses accomplished his assignment on earth, God gave him rest in his kingdom. Joshua, God created Joshua for only one assignment on earth, to lead the children of Israel across the river Jordan into the promised land. Joshua was the man created by God to take over after Moses. God created David to shepherd and be a warrior for the children of Israel. He created Solomon and placed, placed him on this earth to build the temple of God. Jeremiah was created and placed on earth to be a prophet. Jonah was created to take repentance, the repentance message to Nineveh. And because of Jonah taking God's message to Nineveh, Nineveh repented and God relented from the disaster that he was to bring upon Nineveh. John the Baptist, God, I could do this all day. Fulfilling just the assignment, not looking outside of it, not trying to be greater than what they are, but understand that the greatness is in the assignment. John the Baptist was created for only one assignment. He was to be a voice in the wilderness to prepare the way for Jesus. Let me tell you, this life on earth has no meaning when you do not know why God placed you on it and you're not doing it. I'm so tired of hearing people go, Pastor, I'm miserable. I just don't know what I'm doing in my life. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm just stuck in a, in a trap. I don't know what to do. It's because you haven't taken the time to ask God what his plan was for you and what the assignment is for your existence. When you know your specific assignment on the earth, you know the timings in your life. And when you finish it, you can proudly say like Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. When was the last time you were able to stand up and say that? When you start living for what God created you for, your inheritance in heaven starts increasing and crowns start being prepared for you. That's what your Bible says. But it's in my prayer time leading up to this new year that God has placed a desire in me, a burning in my spirit that says that you have to have sustainable growth this year as a believer. That you have to start bearing good fruit in this season. That the world needs to see what lives and dwells on the inside of you. And I will do until I have worn out every fiber in my being. I will do and push until you start to see the results. I will be your spiritual trainer, but you're going to have to put in the work. And if you don't show up, don't come complain and ask him for counseling sessions. Because I am no longer going to sit in a back room and tickle you comfort you, make you feel good about lackluster performance. If God is dwelling on the inside of you, stop ignoring him and start living for him. Amen. Pastor, why are you so tough about it? Because I see a dilemma in the church today. No wonder the church has become man-driven and not God-driven. Because pastors are sitting in back offices trying to cater to lackluster believers rather than saying, here's what God says, here's what the word says, live it. And if you choose not to live it, don't complain about it. If your life is going to hell in a handbasket and you're not walking according to the word, do not call me and ask for a comforting session from me. I'm going to give you the word again. The word is the word is the word. I will love you. I will support you. I will encourage you. I will edify you. I will strengthen you. I will do everything in my power. But what I will not do is allow a purpose behavior to overtake your assignment. What I will not do is allow you to sit in this church and sit in the rows and call yourself something that you are not performing as each and every week. Somebody said to me, it's not about performance. You don't have to do nothing. That is a lie. That is a lie. If I give you my life, you owe me your what? Your life. Because that's the way this thing works. 
God gave you life and in him you have it more abundantly. What does he deserve from you? Your life, your everything. Stop making excuses for your, for your inability or your lack of desire to live for him and just say, God, you know what? I'm leaving all that junk behind. I'm tired of doing it the way I used to do it. I'm going to live completely and totally for you. And if the world turns their deaf ear to me, so be it because when I'm done, you won't. I need a stronger you in the things of God. I can't do this on my own, baby. This is too tough. This is wearisome. This will wear you out trying to do this mess by yourself. God's not looking for eight for one man. He's looking for a bride, a full-bodied church. We cannot survive on purpose alone, not any longer. If all we're doing is walking for a purpose without fulfilling the assignment, we will accept whatever finish line that presents itself even if it's premature or before it's time. We will settle for something that was never intended for us. Some of you are walking in purposes that weren't for you. <laughs> Some of you are doing things that aren't even yours. Some of you have dreams and visions you haven't even touched yet because for some reason you think you can't get there. But God gave you that assignment and you got to get over yourself. It's because you're looking for the end result rather than the process to get you there. You're not willing to take on the assignment. You, 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 I just, I want, I want to go to church and I want to know God loves me. L love's not going to do all that. God's always going to love you. But God will even love you and watch you go to hell. Oh, that got quiet real quick in this Presbyterian church. No, he's just supposed to love me no matter what. And he's going to rescue me and no matter what I do, wrong. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That means separation from God. It does not mean you're still attached, baby. It means you're disconnected. And he loves you enough to give you an option to not be a sinner. But if you keep choosing sin, baby, you ain't going to make it. Oh, this is old school church preaching. Nobody likes that. Pastor, just tell us about grace, grace, God's grace. Mm, grace that makes church folk lazy. Uh, Y'all better get ready. I'm telling I'm, I'm, I'm not playing this year. I'm not. We're going to get this right. We're gonna, this is going to be a church that, that, that people go, my God, heaven has showed up on earth. They're going to walk into church and go, what, what is going on in that place? Why, why, why are they not sitting still and just going, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, twiddling their thumbs, waiting because the Saints game starts at 12. Baby, we don't care where the Saints game starts at 12 because we're Saints marching into the kingdom of God, not into a football stadium. I'm talking about that church folk that doesn't care about standing up in a chair because they're afraid that people might look at them funny. I don't care anymore. I've had people walk out to church because I told them to stand in a chair. Get over yourself. Bunch of religious demons, go home. Let go. You used to stand on bars and dance. You can't stand in a chair and shout for God. You bunch of heathens. You holier than now, thinking you got it all holy and righteous. Man, shut up. You can scream at a TV when somebody doesn't do what you want, but boy, you said you're. I'm scared. I can't say nothing. Ooh. The Bible says it's like fire shut up in your bones. The last time I got burnt by something, I didn't go, ooh. Ooh. That's hot. I was like, ah! Woo! And maybe I might have said something bad I had to repent for. 
That's grace. But my assignment is not to live that way. So the moment I repent for it, I tell God I won't go back to it. Okay, sidebar, sidebar. So my pastor, you said bad words? Oh, please stop. I'm living this life just like you are. Hello. I just got a different assignment than you got. Amen. I'm still a work in progress. God's still dealing with things in me. I still got flesh. Okay. Some reason we'll settle for something that was never intended for us. Living on purpose alone has become a reasoning for lackluster kingdom believers. It is created to give me rather than to give him. So this morning, I want to deal with how to find your assignment. Just for a few minutes, I'm going to hit these real quick. You don't need a lot of time on this. You can go back and watch this. Go back and listen to it again later. But I need you to be careful before I get into this. Assignment is not work. This is not work to me. I need you to understand this. Me standing at this pulpit, me preaching the gospel, me studying all week long, me getting into my word, me praying, me fasting, me seeking the face of God to bring your word. It is not work for me. It is everything on the, it is my assignment. I live for these moments. I would rather do this than anything else on the planet. And it is this reception, it is this saying yes to this that has brought me everything in my life. My wife is in my life. My four beautiful children are in my life because I told God I'd preach the gospel. I would accept the assignment. Even if it meant I had to be alone the rest of my life, I was willing to take on the assignment. And in my willingness to give up everything to fulfill what he called me to do, God brought me everything and then some. Because I was willing to take the assignment. Assignment is not work, it's a passion, it's a heartbeat. Stop working in the church, calling it your assignment. Well, that looks good. Baby, this is not fun. Do you know what these lights do? They call out every imperfection that you have. You can't hide nothing up here. You can't. I get a blemish, you're going to see it. I get a zit right here, you're going to watch it. You're going to see it. It's going to glisten in the light. If I'm oily that day, I'm going to shine. If I screw up, it's going to get laid out because watch what happens. God's always told me, if you can't expose it here, the enemy will expose it out in public. Be careful you don't want what, ah, Pastor, I want to be a preacher. Woo, I try to convince people not to do this. Did you know the Bible says that I get doubly judged when I'm done? People are like, no, no, that's what the word says. When I'm done, I get double the judgment than you get because I've accepted this responsibility to be a pastor over a shepherd over sheep. I had to take all that into effect. My wife came to me. She went up. She said, babe, I, I don't know if I, I, do I have to be called Pastor Tiffany? My wife, she goes, you know the words that we're going to get doubly judged, right? I said, yeah, but we got this because it's in us. It was created in us. God put that mark in us when he formed us, not because my mama's and my daddy's DNA, but because God had his finger in the mix. He said, he formed me in my mother's womb. He created me before I breathed my first breath. He counted the very hairs on my head. He marked out my days before I ever took my first step. None of what I do today has anything to do with my mama. It has everything to do with his assignment. When she birthed me, she didn't know my assignment. She had hopes. She had dreams. But I guarantee at three years old, she wasn't like, he's going to preach to the world. I just see it. I just know it. No, you don't. I'm going to poop in a diaper. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to cry when you don't give me what I want. And then I'm going to grow up, and then I'm going to have to make the decision whether to accept the assignment. Okay, you ready? Ready? I got, I got just a few minutes. I want to give you steps to finding your assignment so that you can fulfill his purpose. Not yours. 
His. Can I just tell this real quick? Get over your end game. Get over your end game. Well, if I could just have that nice house. You'll get that nice house and then want a nicer one. Nothing will satisfy you. I'm telling you this right now. You think it will. Money will not satisfy you. I can tell you stories of people that I've met over the years that money will not satisfy. I've sat with people. I've talked with people. I've sat in their homes. I've listened to them. I've, 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 I've driven their cars. I've, 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 I've done their birthday parties. I've done all kinds of stuff. And, and, and they'll look at you in the face and go, money is just another thing. The big check means nothing. The big house means nothing. The fancy car means nothing. You still got to clean that sucker. You still got to upkeep that thing. You still got to maintain it. And you still got to make sure that it has the same value when you want to get out of it. So it doesn't change. It's just a different level. Be careful of what you're doing. Be careful that your, that your, your end game is not here on earth because you'll just finish here on earth. There's a lot of people that their end game is here. Whew, man. But you can't take it with you when it's over. What you going to do, put it in the casket with you? You're going to bury it inside the box with you? I'm going to take it with me. It's going to be mine. No, it's not yours. Your end game is in heaven. Make sure that you understand that. Let me give you these points real quick. First of all, you got to find pleasure in him. Your assignment is found when you delight in the Lord. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you what? The desires of your heart. Now watch this. Somebody says to me, Pastor, he means he's going to give me whatever I want. No, that's not what it says. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you what? The desires of your heart. If you delight in the Lord, where's your heart? So if he's going to give you the desire of your heart, then he's going to give you the desires that you find in him, not in you. Oh, people are like, no, I thought if I just loved God, he'd give me everything I wanted and whatever I wanted. No, he gives you the desires of your heart to accomplish the assignments that he has for you for his purpose. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. find pleasure in him, in being with him, in walking with him. Just learn how to do that first. My God, if you would just learn how to walk with God, you'd find out what your assignment is real quick. Because every day of your life, he'd be like, go, go, go. You, you couldn't get him to quit talking to you. The problem is the reason people don't want to delight him is because they don't want God to talk to him. Because he might ask them to do something they don't want to do. So it's still about them. So now they're walking in desires of the flesh rather than desires of the heart. No wonder we're unsatisfied in the church days because we're trying to satisfy flesh or satisfy the heart with the flesh. Find pleasure in him, in being with him. Not Sunday church, but being his child and in him being your God. Earnlessly live for him. Stop making excuses. I can't drive this point home hard enough this morning. And I got time. Ah, can I just say this? Don't get offended when I say this. Stop making excuses to God. God, if I'm over it, I know he is. As pastor, I'm over it. I'm over church folk. I really am. I, I, I've had enough. I'm sick and tired. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm so tired of people standing in church like this, but make every excuse for sinful behavior. Stand in church. Oh, God, you're, you're an amazing God, but you're a, oh, Jesus. You're a spiteful child. 
dishonoring, disrespecting. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in the church as a whole. Dishonoring, disrespecting, disobedient children saying, Daddy, give me. Daddy, give me. Daddy, give me. And when he doesn't give them, we throw temper tantrums. We throw ourselves on the ground. We kick and scream until he shows up. And you think he showed up to pick you up. No, he showed up to correct your happy behind and get you back on track. Pastor, that is old school preaching. I just want the grace of God. Then you're not going to find God. Because you cannot just want grace without mercy and justice. You cannot find the full side of God. You cannot just look for the son without the father. My God, if we keep evicting the Holy Spirit out of this thing, we're in trouble. Delight yourself in the Lord. Stop making excuses why you can't serve him and just suck it up. Serve him. Amen, KJ. My amen boy from the back. In Psalms 145, 19, it says he will fulfill the desires of those who what? Who fear him. Psalms 145, 19. Give me that one real quick. That's the next one. Did we refresh? Probably didn't. There. Nope, no, we're not there either. Okay. It says he will, des- he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear the cry and save them. In Proverbs 10, 24, at the end of that verse, it says, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. The desire of who? Who are the righteous? The ones who do right by God. That, that doesn't mean you go to church. Those are the ones who do according to the word. Shh, the desire shall be granted. Everything you want is found in your assignment and in your willingness to be obedient to the voice of God, not the voice of the pastor, not the feel good of the church and the worship songs or the lights or the seats or the AC. It is found in the desire to live righteously before your God, not before man, but before your God. God is the only one that will judge you. Man cannot judge you. You are not doing this so man can see you. If you're living righteous so I can see you, you're missing the mark because I'm not looking that hard. But the Bible also says that you're living epistles being judged by men daily. They're waiting to see if you're going to fulfill your assignment. Not only do you have to delight in him, but I need you to understand that your assignment will always lead you out of your own desires. In order for you to fulfill your assignment, you must decrease. John 3.30 says it this way. This is John the Baptist talking, the one who came to prepare the way for the Lord. He said this. He said, I must increase. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. If you can't get out the way, you'll never walk in your assignment. If it is about you, if you need to have the spotlight, if you need the world to know who you are, if you got to have 17,000 friends on Facebook so you can look important, something's wrong with you. I don't even care that much. People are like, I got got 5,000 fires. You got 5,000 stalkers. That's what you got. You got a bunch of people who are nosy. That's what you got. You need to cut that stuff out. You, 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 you can't even, you, how are you going to lead 5,000 people? You can't lead 5,000 people. Jesus only led 12. I mean, I, I, got, I, mean, I talk to them. I encourage them. I love people. I'm a mentor. Don't, man, stop with all that. I'm a life coach. Yeah, years ago, the church, pastors started going around going, I'm a life coach now. That's because they were failing as pastors. Because you got to change your assignment all of a sudden because you're not walking in the fullness of your assignment. You forgot your purpose. So you had to pick up a new title because it's easier to be a life coach than it is to declare the word. Because I can tell you my emotions and tell you my feelings rather than tell you what the word of God says that will change you for a lifetime. 
So I'm going to take on a new assignment. I'm going to be a life coach now. I'm going to go encourage people. I'm going to go talk to people. I'm going to be their mentor. I don't want to, I'm not your mentor. Please do not ever call me that. I will change your thought real quick. I was not called to be your mentor. I'm called to be pastor. I'm called to be a shepherd of sheep. But understand that shepherds not only protect and defend, but they also shear. Sometimes I'm going to have Sometimes I'm going to Baby, you got some growth. So I bring out the clippers. Because y'all just... Coming to church. Lord, help us. He must increase, but I must decrease. When you focus on your specific assignment on earth, God takes care of the rest. He will take care of you, your family, and everything else. Just say yes to the assignment. When I was single, I gave into the assignment. And he brought me my family. I'm the most least likely to have the blessing I have. I'm the most least likely to be a good dad. Pastor, don't say that about yourself. You didn't grow up in my house. I didn't see it. I watched my daddies do it wrong. I'm the most least likely to be a great husband and father. But God, when I accepted the assignment, he started teaching me things. He started teaching me how to love my kids. He started teaching me how to love a spouse. Do I do it perfectly all the time? No. Hope, do I love you perfectly all the time? No. She's like, no, daddy, you don't. But you know what? I'm willing to try and I'm willing to keep working at it. And when my daughter sits me down in her bedroom and says, Daddy, you work too much. I take my family on vacation and I walk away from the church. And if you don't like that, I don't know what to tell you. But when I'm done with this life, he's going to ask me what I did with her, not what I did with you. Because she is the byproduct of my assignment. She is the byproduct. My sons are the byproduct. My other daughter is a byproduct. But I got to be willing to walk in it, and I got to decrease so that he might increase. I need my children. I need my wife. I need you to see more God in me than you see Brian. Do I have fleshy moments? Yeah, buddy. But don't let it fool you because it won't stay long. Your assignment will always lead you out of your own desires. Here's the third one. Your assignment will bring you joy and fulfillment. Doing what you were created to do gives you happiness, joy, and fulfillment in life. You do it with pride and integrity. Let me help. Can I? Can I? Whew. I know. It's 2018. We're going out, so I'm going to end it with a bang. Hope you come back next Sunday. Amen. <laughs> if you sign up to do something. Now, if there's a physical issue, if there's a, if there's a sickness, I get that. But if you sign up to do something and you say yes, and you don't walk in that assignment, don't call it your assignment. Just tell everybody you try really hard. But understand that trying only leaves an option for failure. The problem is, is that what we do is we accept assignments because we think that it is the precursor to get us to the purpose. Accepting work does not get you to the purpose. You have to make sure that what you're doing is the correct thing for you to fulfill what God's placed on the inside of you. Not everybody's called to kids ministry. Can I get an amen from somebody? Some of you parents try to drop your kids off. You don't want to be in kids ministry. I can't take them no more. I'm going to strangle them. But there are some people that love their kids and want to love everybody else's kids too. Then there's some people who don't have kids, never could have kids that want to love kids. 
And so they go serve in kids' ministry. Those are not the people I have to hawk down and find and go, what, 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 are you, you going to serve this week? What, what, what you doing? No, they're there. They, hey, I'm, I'm in. Be careful that you're not just trying to, look, there's always going to be roles to fulfill in the church, but please make sure you're fulfilling the right one. Yeah. Don't just fulfill one. Listen, let me tell you something. There are people that say they want to sing that can't sing a lick. I'll let them on the stage, but that mic won't have any volume. If Pastor Troy wants to sing on the stage, he can go for it. There ain't going to be no volume on that microphone. Mm-mm. Ain't going to happen. No, no. He keeps telling Pastor Ben every week, Pastor, I'm ready. Pastor Ben goes, not this week. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can't just do stuff to do stuff. You got to do stuff that's in your assignment, something that gives you joy. So it's like, yeah, I'm a part of this. Man, if you love to love people and hug on people, I got a greeting door right there that would love to have you stand there and just hug people all morning long. If you're good at hugging, that's a great place for you to start. If you're good at standing up here, scaring the snot out of church folk like this, as an usher, we got a job for you. If you're good at security, we got a job. So why you have security? That's not to protect me. It's to protect your babies. We just put them in the hallway to make sure that your children are protected because we want to make sure they come home as good as they came. Amen. Amen. If you're good at loving on babies, whether it's babies or whether it's toddlers or whether it's those crazy wild Indians that are in kids' church, <laughs> whatever it is, we got a spot for you. If you're not good at kids' church but you're good at administration, we got a front desk that could use you. If you're good at playing an instrument, please stop sitting at that home looking at your instrument in the corner going, oh, one day I'll play it. Get off your behind and come up here and say, Pastor Ben, Pastor Katie, we want to play. Jump in and let God use you. Walk in your assignment. Man, I love what I do. You couldn't tell me anything different. I had somebody come to me one time and said, Pastor, if I was the pastor of the church, this is the way I was running. I looked him in the face. I said, but you're not the pastor. Let it go. If you want to be a pastor, start a church. Go through all the hell I went through and you start one. Amen. High five. Go ahead. Well, I would, I'd do the word first. I'd sing last. Have you ever tried to just talk to people cold turkey? They're just, they're just done. You got to usher them into that place. But they just know. It's amazing what people will tell you to do when they're, it's not even their assignment. I love when people come to me and go, Pastor, I, I know what you got to do to lose weight. Now, I don't say this, but can I tell you what my brain thinks? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Because, baby, you trying to teach me how to live my life? Probably not your assignment. Maybe you need to talk to yourself. Maybe that's the problem. You haven't been talking to yourself. You need to talk to you before you talk to anybody else. Get in your lane and let me be in my lane. I'll get with somebody who's been where I've been, dealt with what I've dealt with, and can teach me how to come out of it, not somebody who... Mm. Mm. Okay, I was having a moment. I'm sorry. Do it with pride. Do whatever you do with pride. Do it with integrity. I don't get up here going, oh, God, I got to do this again. I, I'm proud of what I do. I, have a, I, I love what I do. You can carry your assignment even without needing to be seen. You can do it without pay. I asked somebody one time, I said, hey, I think I asked the staff, I said, what, what, what if the pay stopped tomorrow? Would you still be a pastor? Woo. People get tight real quick. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, it's like, they, it's like somebody poured water on the Wicked Witch of the West. Ah, 
they start falling apart. I don't know what I'm going to do without money. Listen, God says, I shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory, which are in Christ Jesus. If God's called you to do something, baby, provision is his, not yours. You can carry your assignment even without needing to be seen. You find joy and fulfillment in just doing it because God said it. Got two more. Can you give me two more? Give me two more. Your assignment will require God to fulfill it. You can't accomplish your assignment without your God. If you can fulfill it in and of yourself without him, then it is not his. It's yours. I don't need God. I don't have to spend time in my word. I don't have to spend time in prayer. I don't have to spend time fasting. I don't have to be in the church. Nope. I can just live my life and I can fulfill my assignment. Then it's your assignment. It's not God's. Can I tell you when pastoring gets the hardest? When the business takes over and it takes me out of the schedule of my private time with him. It is the hardest thing to write messages and to preach and to get in my word or to get ready to do this thing if I am not spending time in my assignment, which is not me standing up here preaching to you. My assignment is to study the word. My assignment is to dig in the word so that I might be able to bring a word for you. That is the end result. But the assignment is for me to get alone with God so that I can hear what he might want to speak to his kids. If you can fulfill it in and of yourself without him, then it's not his. Here's another one. Your assignment will satisfy you, not create struggles for you. When God was leading the children of Israel in the wilderness to the promised land, he led them with an angel and a cloud, which never departed. The children of Israel just followed the cloud obediently. When you are doing, or your, your version says, a cloud by day and a fire by night. He led them with that the whole time. He gave them a provision to lead them in their assignment. When you walk in the assignment, God has to be, baby, you don't have to create something brand new. It's already birthed on the inside of you. He's going to do it. He's going to give you the things that you need in order to fulfill it. You're not going to have to change necessarily who you are. You might have to change whose you are. But you're not going to change who you are because God's already birthed it in you. When you're doing what you were created to do, the angel of the cloud, sorry, when you're doing what what you were created to do, the angel and the cloud are with you, creating the way before you, even parting the sea for you to pass through while protecting you. God is always before you creating the way, even where there seems to be no way. It is up to you to learn to obey and to follow him obediently. Your assignment will satisfy you. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? Because I'm not. I'm not satisfied yet. Which tells me there's a part of my assignment I haven't said yes to yet. I don't even care about purpose. Real quick. I used to have a problem with death. I've told you this. Years ago, I had this weird uh, anxiety over dying. When I started writing this message and it started building up on the inside of me, I don't even care about the end game anymore. I'm not, well, I just want to hear well done. I don't even care about that. Because if I'm lost in my assignment, I already know what's coming. If I'm lost in my assignment, I don't even have to worry about whether I finish in heaven or not. If I'm caught up in my assignment, then I know that's the end result, and I'm satisfied with it. So if God takes me home tonight, guess what I'm going to hear? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't have to, I don't have to go running around telling people, oh, I'm just looking to hear those words. Well done, and thou, thou good and faithful. I'm just trying to live this life as best I can so I can hear those words. Baby, the only reason you keep telling people that is because you will not accept the assignment and just do it. If you just accept the assignment, you won't wake up tomorrow morning and wonder what there is to do. You'll know what you have to do. Here's the last one. This is where I'm closing. Pastor Ben, come on. You get anything out of this today? Yes. Good. Praise God. Your assignment 
will always bring out the real you. And it's okay to be you. Because your life will have no meaning being someone else. So, I'm a music lover. I love music with everything in me. I grew up in music. My grandfather plays multiple instruments. My mom sang as we were kids. She sang backup vocals, all the stuff. I've got instrument players all through my family. I wasn't gifted with the ability to play instruments. I was gifted with singing. You can't hear it now because I've preached for so long that my vocal cords are rough. And, and my wife tells me all the time, baby, you just need to go right again. And, and you need to sing again. And I said, babe, it's not my assignment. There were opportunities that I had, that, that opportunities that were given to me, things that were placed in front of me because of the relationships of uh, people in the industry that I had as a young adult. And, and I had opportunities to record and I had opportunities to do all these things. And when I went to those moments to do those, God says, that's not what I gave that to you for. I gave that for you and me, not for the world. And I remember sitting in a moment and God said, I didn't call you to sing. I called you to preach. And I went, but God, come on. I love, I love doing this. He said, but that's not my assignment for you. He said, Brian, do you think I walked you through all the broken places you walked through so that you could sing about it? He said, I walked you through it so you could be a voice in the wilderness to call them out of it. And I had to walk away from moments and I had to step in a place. And there are times where we've been in prayer meetings and, and, and God will lay a song on my heart and, and Ben and I, we, we've put it down. And my wife's like, you need to write that. And I'm like, I just don't even have a desire to do it because it's not, it's not the assignment on my life. Because really all it is for me is just a moment where God's speaking clarity to me. He's speaking a fresh vision to me. He's, he's reigniting that assignment on the inside of me. He's reminding me where I used to be. Those moments I used to sit in a sanctuary of 4,000 seats and a grand piano on the stage and sit there and play just chords and just lift up my voice to God and sing and not even knowing what I was going through but the whole time I'm singing God's birthing sermons inside of me and then I get up from the piano and I'm I'm just being honest I was 17 18 years old I, I get up and I literally walk across the stage and preach like I'm preaching to the whole room full give the altar call stage lights are on everything envisioning what it would be like to actually fulfill this assignment not ever knowing that one day I'd actually be a senior pastor just trying to figure out how to fix that thing in me. I would serve in places like cleaning toilets and, 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 and building bathrooms and fixing stuff and, and being a janitor for the church. That's not the assignment, God. That's not what I wanted, but it's the assignment for you to get where I'm calling you. But, but God, I, I said I wanted to preach. I know, but you got to be able to take care of first. Okay. Wrote 32 sermons before I ever preached my first one. People will ask me, where are, those, where are those messages today? They're gone in Katrina. It was in one book, and it was in my office in New Orleans, and it's gone. It's not gone. It's in here. Because the assignment isn't in my mouth or my hands. It's in my heart. It makes me beat. It makes me tick. It's everything that I am. I wish there were moments I wish I could sit behind a piano like Pastor Ben. Just, oh, I'd do that for hours because I love worship. Oh, to sit in his presence. I grew up in that four-part harmony. Oh, man, just, 
you don't don't judge me. I, I like old school gospel music. I like I like southern gospel music. I like quartet stuff. You go, know, Pastor, how do you like that stuff? It just speaks to me. I like the old hymns. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Great is thy faithfulness. I, man, I get that stuff. You, got, you, can get, you can take Hillsong, United, all that stuff, Bethel. You can take it somewhere else. You give me that stuff, I will fall out. I will sit and weep and cry in the presence of God. Why? Because it's in me. But it's still not my assignment. My wife comes to me. She says, you know what? For, for my birthday, you know what I want you to do? I want you to get up there and sing with the worship team one Sunday. And I said, baby, I love you. But I can't give you that gift. She said, why? I said, because for a season of my life, it was an assignment for this church because we didn't have worship pastors. And I had to fulfill that role. But when we brought them in, God said, you have to back out. And that doesn't mean I get to go pick up the mantle whenever I choose to. That means I had to lay off the mantle and let them take it so that I could go fulfill the assignment on my life. Or do you think there are not days that I want to grab that mic? Do you think there are days that I don't want to just get up there and just let it go? But it's not my assignment, and i got to stay in my lane. But i got you, I got to help you understand. That might satisfy my spirit, but what I do here and when I declare the gospel, it satisfies something deeper. I, I, I don't even like to go out of town on a Sunday. Are you kidding me? I miss preaching from the pulpit. I went out of town with my family, and it bothered me. Because I miss standing up here declaring the word. Because it's, 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 like, it's like going without your favorite thing for a long time. And it was only one weekend. But that's my assignment. What's yours? And when will you say yes? When will you just say Yes. Are we going to finish 2019? You're going to look at the end of 2019 and go, well, I tried, God. Or can we just, before we get into 2019, two days away, can we just say yes now? I'm sorry you might have been through hell. I'm sorry you might have gone through all kinds of struggles. I'm sorry that your family might be in shambles. I'm sorry that your body might be in pain. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about all those things. I'm sorry that you might be going through stuff. But can I, can I just say this to you? Get over it. Because God's been trying to get you over it for a long time. Because those things only sit on you because you allow them to, to keep you from your assignments. There is nothing in you. There is nothing in your existence. There is nothing in your life. There is nothing in your body that can keep you from what God has assigned you to do. Not one thing. Not even death can keep you from your assignment. Did you know that? Not even death can keep you from your assignment. For the Bible says that he wrote your days and he knows the end from the beginning. Not even death. What will we do in 2019 that we didn't do in 2018? Nothing. We won't do anything that we didn't do in 2018. We will do exactly in 2019, which is our assignment, so that we can see God be great in us and through us. And we cannot be church attenders. We will be full-time believers declaring the kingdom of God. It is time that we walk in our assignments. Everybody stand to your feet.